0: Hey, boys, did you uh, did you, uh did, you miss me? Um,
1: did you miss me, boys? A little bit.
0: No. I'm, I'm going to go with no. That was a rhetorical question. It doesn't fucking matter. I don't care what you think. I'm the host, and I do what I want. This is the Hex Shrinkers Podcast, episode 29. I'm joined. I'm joined by Eric. Hello. Oak. Yo. And Chef. Yep. And we are a longtime playgroup during the multiverse in the hopes of leveling up both our game and and yours, and ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome you back to the Thunderdome, the Circle of Slaughter, the Gallows, the Sacrificial Altar. That's right, we're returning, and someone is gonna get frickin' roasted. Now, if you were not here for our last roast, Eric was hung over the pit, but um, we we rebirthed him as a phoenix. Uh, I know that because Oak and I got our faces stomped in last night when we played his. He's So, uh...
1: It was very fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It was entertaining to, to see you just get up to peak chaos. But anyway, Eric was our previous voluntold sacrifice. And uh, after that, he called the shot. He pointed the finger. And the next boy to uh, receive the, uh, the baptism by fire, it's, uh... It's Chev. How you feeling, Jeff? You, uh, you ready to start sweating? I would say that it, it wasn't so much me that was
2: Voluntold, but Kozalek. The the last two were kind of, you know, we're going to roast you and they're going to pick the, the deck that gets roasted or needs a tune-up. No, I was told Kozalek is the one that's getting roasted in no uncertain terms. But, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. As we know, the deck is close to perfection at this point. I'm sure all the comments to fill this hour will be about how how fun it is to play against and how entertaining and inspiring it is as a concept to fight against the battle of the color council and come out using none of the colors and succeeding so i'm excited to hear praise put at the feet of the great distortion
1: yeah i think that's definitely what's about to happen for sure chev you uh you
0: already started spewing the bullshit so why don't you you get you get your couple minutes to set the scene and then we'll put you in your place sounds good so we will be uh roasting a
2: Helmed Eldrazi Tribal deck. The Eldrazi Tribal deck, I think, has been around since I cracked a Ulamog, The Infinite Hunger back in a Battle for Zendikar fat pack. Uh, And it just seemed like this super cool niche in our budding commander meta to have a deck focused around, like, no colors. And one of the things that really sticks out from that time is, I think after one of the first couple games, Eric came up with a statement saying, you know, each color has give and take. Like, green can do this, white can do that colorless shouldn't be able to do anything and I don't like how it can do things at all. I hate you and I'm not going to say this deck kind of was able to get a foothold in my mind because of that little bit of spite but it certainly didn't hurt. It started off with Ulamog then it slowly switched to Krufix, the the Simic god who allows you to basically just churn up unused amounts of mana into you know big threats and was kind of there for a few years before I really was afraid that it was kind of losing its identity as Eldrazi tribal when I was kind of flirting with the idea of throwing animar in to the ring as the the new commander and adding red so that made me take a step back and that's why this deck has been continuously called back to the roots the deck started as colorless eldrazi tribal and that's where i want it so that's kind of been the inspiration and the story behind it of why it remains a colorless deck with kozilek in front as the most interactive of the eldrazi titans the overall strategy is basically just being as close to colorless Timmy as I think is humanly possible. There's not a lot of interaction going on in colorless. There's a few instances and sorceries. But for the most part, you're trying to generate some sort of mana ramp and then get out a big noodle boy as soon as humanly possible. Can't really compete with any of the normal ramp strategies or other bits of tech going on. So you're really a one-trick pony and then trying to capitalize on some of those Eldrazi benefits from Eldrazi Temple to uh, Conduit of Ruin and some of those guys. So again to reiterate the strategy is big smashy smash after playing a bunch of rocks.
1: I would I would call that accurate.
2: And I think that that basically sums up, you know, what makes the Eldrazi special.
0: Well, I think we might be dismantling that notion very soon.
1: Being bad green very special, very <laughs> special. I agree.
0: I think most colors are bad green at this point Eric so that that point is like shut up <laughs> Eric has the uh, has the prosecution prepared their opening statement
1: It has one thing Chev's mentioned about this deck is it's been around for a long time and it's received many updates as Chev has gone from poor college student to poor college intern to uh now poor adult working his life and uh gaining more money to spend on this deck it seems I would like to offer you a list of things that you could do for the price of this deck. The first one, you could buy 1,239 McChickens at your local McDonald's. You might have to stop at a couple different ones. I'm sure the change left over from that would cover your gas bill. Pay for my next month's rent, plus my internet bill, actually, so thank you, Chev, for that. Buy a baby cat and pay for all of its expenses, vets, shots, spaying, I believe, all included in that first year in the price of this deck. You could fly round-trip to Japan, not including Uber, to the airport, from where you live, Chev, for the price of this deck. And uh, the final item, which I think is what we'll be talking most about today, is that for the price of this deck, you could consistently win games of Magic. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I know that because it's actually very similar in price to my Fringe CEDH Carador Ghost Chieftain deck. Instead, you have built this monument to nonsense. Just the this obelisk of silliness. In your description, you've sort of put forward like, I want this to be a really like Vorthos themed, like it's, it's, I want it to be an, a deck about Eldrazi and Eldrazi tribal and sort of really lean on that. But then in private discussion, you've also said you want this to be like one of your cash cows and one of your more powerful decks.
0: You mentioned this is a monument of silliness and I think that Chev probably in, in his mind is, is screaming, no, it's a monument to Eldrazi. There's literally a card Eldrazi Monument. Uh, I would like to counter that with facts and evidence. Um, Chev, I think one of the biggest problems this deck has, and we'll discuss that, is once again, the identity crisis. Is the identity coming from I want to have a colorless commander deck? Is it an Eldrazi tribal deck? For calling this an Eldrazi tribal deck, you only have like 14 Eldrazi in here, and you have very few things that are typically tribal buffs. You know what I mean? No Vanquisher's Banner, no... Well, obviously you don't have any of the colored cards. That would be good, but any of that sort of thing. So you're already you're already losing the plot on that part.
1: I do want to say because I anticipate this argument from Chev because I did do some digging. He's probably close to the max number of good Eldrazi. There's a lot of good Eldrazi that are devoid, so they are colorless, but they are not colorless, which is stupid. Which brings me to the point of I think you need to pick a side on whether you're going to really commit to this Eldrazi tribal thing and stay colorless and, and sort of hang out in that lower power level, maybe run some of those kind of garbage Eldrazi to be honest. Or if you want to push this into the seven, eight and really sort of contend with those top level decks, because again, you want this to be your cash cow. In which case, unfortunately I do think we will have to corrupt the core tenant of back to roots. think we are going to need a colored commander. If you want this to be powerful. If you are in any color,
3: particularly say green, you have a choice of about 1,000 like good ramp spells that don't cost $100 each and die to a single Vandal
1: Blast or Bane of Progress. Yeah, best fast man of all time, a forest. Well, I,
0: I will say, that discussion leads to one of my personal biggest problems with the deck. And I think the reason that this deck is so roastable, the whole point of this first part is basically saying F this deck. Chev, F this deck because you play a lot of cards that just make people want to say, hey, Chev, F your deck. Um, one of the things is, you know what people don't like when you play a bunch of freaking mana rocks, especially a bunch of mana rocks and fast mana that they can't afford. Just makes people feel bad. <laughs> I'm not one of those people, but I'm just saying when you go turn one, soul ring plus mana crypt plus three and dynamo plus assemble your favorite, you know, collection of, of free or one cost mana rocks, a lot of people are going to be like, hey, uh, F your deck. You've probably got all of the good Eldrazi, but uh, once again, F those guys. No one likes annihilator. <laughs> Don't forget, exile the top 20 cards
3: off of your deck later. And even mana cost spells are for chumps later. <laughs> Alright.
1: Alright. Julian I'm gonna, I'm gonna gets a to, whole to... minute on Void Winner later in the podcast.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna cool down. I'm gonna cool down before I get there.
1: But for right now, I do wanna say, like, as a fellow Timmy kind of guy. I get where you're coming from. You want to run the big bullshit, and that's that's what we had to sit down jo- with Joda and deal with. Was do we want this to be strong and frustrating, or thematic and weaker? And so I think that you can pull it in a lot of different directions. Where you know we can add color, and then you can run all of the meld cards. And I know that deep down within you, your your little I love themes bone. Is, is tingling at the idea of running every meld spell. There's just better ways that you can lean on the theme as opposed to just saying, I'm going to run a colorless deck because it's hard and it upsets Eric. <laughs> because it doesn't upset me anymore. I'm just upset that the deck is slow and unproductive until all of a sudden you've taken control of my turn and then, oh wait, it's still slow and unproductive. Now you just have control of my turn.
0: Speaking of slow and unproductive... Uh, another thing about this deck that is, I feel like I've been a little mean. So I'll say disappointing slash not optimal. This is one of the most, like, hit or miss decks that I think we have in our play group. Because Chev sometimes can just go literally turn one, three mana rocks, have ter- have seven mana on turn two. Which is, we talked about modern the other day. That's better than better than Tron. <laughs> Crazy. Or he can sit there with a bunch of ten mana cost spells in his hand. And sometimes Chev will be like, oh, I got all these things. And then I play, like, three Aljazis. And then the rest of us are like, all right, well, we got to kill this guy. So we blow up his board. And then now all of a sudden, Chev is stuck with not only a bunch of 10 mana cost cards in his hand, but we've killed all his artifact ramp. So now he only has five mana again, and he literally can't do anything for the next
1: seven turns. The deck needs a solution to its inconsistency. Jesus fucking Christ, Chev, this deck needs colors. You need tutors. You need draw. You need haste enablers. We just can't win without a plan to win <laughs> there's your plan to win is i don't know can smack him i guess and that's a bad plan because in our play group we play nice and you're like all right i'm gonna hit julian i'm gonna hit eric i'm gonna hit oak whereas if just from the go you were like julian's playing the strongest deck at the table he's fucking dead i'm gonna go at him with all of my eldrazi and if you make that clear oak and i aren't gonna fuck with you you're killing julian that's not our problem. Even just a slight change in how you play the deck would make a huge difference. But for right now, it's basically just a tentacle slap fight. You're like a raid boss who just wiggles around as opposed to just killing all the people who do damage. There are not many
3: removal spells in colorless only decks, at least as far as targeted removal goes. Uh, and, you know, we just got, like, intro to annihilation. That's not bad. But this, this very low amount of removal is not... Uh, does not mesh well with the way Chev likes to play magic, I feel, which is saltier than the Dead Sea. Uh, (laughs) He is more of a... He's more tuned to a, uh, you know, the Toshiro deck, which runs just a ton of removal spells, because he can just fling removal all over the place. Chev will, like, if you mess with him, he will make sure to get you back. But the thing is, in a deck with so few removal spells, that just doesn't always work very well towards the progressing the game, especially, like, in Chev's favor. Um, very recently, I was playing the, uh, Elementals edition of the Maelstrom Wanderer deck, and I, you know, played a Bane of Progress, pretty, pretty good against Chev's deck, being that he had a ton of artifacts, and he just, you know, Titan's presence to right on the spot, and I was like, Chev, that was a, that was a really salty play, and he was like, yep. And I had, there, I, I had Multani sitting right out on the battlefield with a ton of lands in play, and just, like, you know, a, a few other, like, giant threats, and it's just like, I don't understand, <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense, it's like, oh, he's used to having, like, a million removal spells, but that's just not the case, and I, I think you just need that, it's either going to take a change of attitude, or a change of the way the deck plays.
0: So, basically, what you're saying is, Chev, you built this deck, but... You're kind of a pussy. You can't do anything when people are pushing you around. On the converse, if we're trying to be nice, Chev, we're trying to save you from getting bullied. But we will be the ones doing the bullying, to be clear. Yes. True. We just want a little bit more of a fight. It's not fun if you just, you know, fall over dead. <laughs> well, some it is a little fun because, you know, winning is fun.
1: But To be honest, I'm going to drop the facade for a brief second here. I really want this deck to succeed. This deck is for you what my Ur-Dragon deck is for me. I protected that from the roast the first time. I, I kept him safe and away from harm. I really want this deck to succeed because it's a deck you're passionate about, and so I really do want to help rebuild it, but first I want to make sure that these boys have gotten all the vitriol out of their system. You want to talk about Void Winner?
0: <sighs> yeah, I do. E- Eric makes a good point. We do want to remind the listeners or people who are new Yes, we're being mean. yes, we're, we're trying to provide entertainment, but we are going to actually try and re- rebuild this deck anew, you know give it the uh, the great home makeover or whatever that old TLC show was. but you know got to get our jabs in first. I, once again, Chev, I, 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 the biggest thing for me about this deck is when I see it just flop and not do anything, I kind of just feel bad. This is your favorite deck. I know it's your favorite deck. So I want it to do well for you because I care about you. You're my friend, right? Well, not right now. You're not. We're not friends right now. In about five minutes, we'll be friends. But then you play cards, and I just I can't help but be your mortal enemy. And I think the one that portrays that most of all, for, for someone like Eric, it's probably Emrakul the Promised End. Stop taking his turns. No one likes that. Um, but for me, it's winner. If there's one thing I hate in Magic, it's not being able to interact. Hexproof. Fuck that mechanic. <laughs> Things that you can't really interact with, like Thassa's Oracle, stupid. Eric's not his head. Void <laughs> Voidwinner, a 9-mana, comparatively like on the cheap end. This is a real steal for Chev's deck at 9-mana uh, for an 11-9. Your opponents can't cast spells with even converted mana costs. Also, 0 is even. And your opponents can't block with creatures with even converted mana costs either. This card literally just says, hey, Magic the Gathering, that's not a game that you can play. You can't play that game. You can play half of it. See, that's the thing is, half of Magic the Gathering is not Magic the Gathering. Am I salty? Because it? every time Chev plays it, I have three freaking even card mana cost cards in my hand, and I just can't play them? Yeah, that happens all the time. Like, way more often than it should. I don't know if I'm lucky or if he's just incredibly lucky. But two, just the fact that this card exists, and also, it's colorless. Any deck can play this card. Why? Why? Like, make it cost, like, quadruple black
1: or something fucking stupid. It was in the Jota deck for a while, and that that upset Julian a great deal.
0: <laughs> That's true. Yeah, imagine having to face down two Void Winner, So, God forbid, I draw my swords to Plowshares. It's like, oh, f- I still can't even freaking play this Wrath of God. Anyway, I'm off my soapbox. Does anyone else want to say anything, or should we, uh... There are a few choice
3: cards in here that just seem unnecessary, like, in, enormous flex, and I get it, you know, you want to flex sometimes, but, like, if this is supposed to be, like, an Eldrazi-themed deck, why is Karn in here? I was gonna ask about that. I understand target removal, like, you know, again, it's very sparing and colorless, but, like, is it really worth the the cost and, like, the, the points lost on people, you know, thinking it's cool because it's not really Eldrazi-related? Like, Ugin, don't get me wrong, both Ugins are very synergistic with the deck and, you know, Ugin had a lot to do with the Eldrazi in the storyline, so it's much more forgivable, even when Ugin comes out and exiles all my colored enchantments, <laughs> like, uh, might have happened recently. But, uh, like, why Karn? I don't understand. And the other one that really speaks to me is Metalworker. Like, this is a very powerful card, but just, like, why? <laughs> it's just to get, to get Kozilek out faster? Maybe Metalworker just isn't, it chev i believe it's your turn to uh
2: retort so i gotta be honest um i'm gonna give this roast like a a b minus or so there were not enough personal attacks for my liking so we'll take this in points one julian just play odd numbered cards like it's not that hard play worse (laughs) versions of uh play cancel you know also, <laughs> my cards never stick around long enough. Like, you, you've made it your vendetta to get Void we're off the table as soon as possible. It affects you for two turns, it's funny, and then it's gone. But going into more, more real things, I, I'm upset you didn't bring up the Nicol Bolas original deck parallel. It would be a deep cut, it works well, the original build of Nicol Bolas also could not do anything. It just made people sad. And so I was excited when Oak was going with the Salt of the Earth. I was so happy when Oakley finally got to the bad targeting. Because, like, come on. I'm terrible at targeting things well. (laughs) Like, that is one of my number one things in Magic. And hitting the points with why Toshiro is good with that. Why Hypatra is good with that. With just having a bunch of death-touch snakes that can get the job done. And why this deck has so little interaction and it's hard. Because I am a bull in a china shop. Like, there are so many easy wins there. And no one took them. And that made me a little bit sad. But now we're going to get into the actual responses to some of the criticism. One, Eldrazi tribal and colorless. Yeah, the point being, there's not a lot of good colorless Eldrazi. I'm playing it for the Titans to smash you guys in the face. So at those lower levels, I'm okay missing some of the small ones, at least for my interpretation of what the Eldrazi tribal is. It's bringing this base up to hit with the Titans. I don't need a obelisk of Erd or something that gives all creatures of a given type plus one plus one. They're 12-12s. Like this this isn't a, a cool tribal card to include or Vanquisher's Banner. I guess Vanquisher's Banner can draw me a card, but the other benefit of plus one plus Herald's one.
1: Harold's Horn is Herald's Horn like yeah. Herald's Horn should be in this deck.
2: I'm surprised it's not. I think it is in paper. Um so that might be a, a miss on my part. But yeah, so cards that actually like reduce the cost of it, great.
1: Cards that don't, kinda lame. Cards that increase your draw rate, I think I think is draw the you we were yeah. trying to hit because things like Herald's Horn. Uh, if, if you do end up dipping into colorless, colored, which I'm sure we're going to get there, uh, kindred, whatever, uh, where you draw a card whenever you play it. Right. There's a ton more
2: once you get into colors with the card draw and stuff. One of the main issues I have with colored is there's no good commander for colored Eldrazi that I think embodies colored tribal. And so I'm hoping you guys convince me otherwise, but that has been the number one thing of like, I look at these guys and I'm like, they're all trash. Like I'd have to come up with my own lore as to why they're leading an Eldrazi army. And the last one is... Cards that flex, Karn is a better Meteor Golem, in my opinion. Meteor Golem was in this deck for a while. They both have the same mana value, and Karn has added benefit on top of destroying something on entry. Metalworker, again, because this has been mentioned that it's a deck that I'm trying to have be one of my more powerful decks, Metalworker was an attempt to utilize some of the combos with Rings of Birthright or um, Monolith Earth. Earth. Brightheart, yeah, uh, birthright. Oops, you said that um, wrong last time too. <laughs> I know, I know it is. Brighthearth. Brightheart. Um,
0: Chev just takes like all the letters and he just rearranges them. Rearranges like, it, uh, uh, Yeah, the, it's the just basic idea. Rim. I get the first yeah. and last one, um, and and
2: other combos that can give me that infinite mana to kind of get these guys out earlier. Because one of the big problems with the deck in Colorless, as has been brought up, is lack of ramp. So relying on those artifacts a little bit too much to the point where I need something else to kind of get these guys out at a reasonable pace. I think that's all the notes I have. Yeah, I was just expecting more jabs and people are using this as cathartic to get out against individual cards, which I do love, but you know, it's, it's them and not me. So I'm not seeing a reason to change yet. Well, no, it is you because it, it just shows that you're a scumbag
1: by playing these cards. There we go. That's a little better. Allow me to offer you a reason to change. It'd be sick if this deck could win games consistently. Mm-hmm. Like that's the dominant reason to change is I want to see you bring out this deck if we're playing the same level of deck, be like, oh shit, Chev has got a shot at this game and I could get my ass beat by these Eldrazi. Right now, your deck's power level ranges from four to eight and it's it's just
3: anywhere in there. <laughs> yeah. I feel like so much could come from like a, a change in mentality when you're playing. Like the deck has pretty much no game plan at this point. Like w- it should be something like cast Koza like ASAP so you can, you know, get protection up for your like very fragile artifacts but it's not it's kind of just slam jam hope something works and look at all these expensive cards oops i lost the game to a 200 hundred dollar deck
0: kind of kind of like what oak was saying as much as i well that's a lie i actually i don't identify with like timmy strategies at all to the bemoanment of half the cast but i'm saying i'm just gonna play really big things and i guess attack Is that a strategy? Yes, technically that is a strategy, but that is a bad strategy because there are a lot of things that can go wrong. So like Oak was saying, if you say I want to get to Kozilek as quickly as possible and then I want to kill with commander damage because it's a two-hit kill and he has fucking menace plus built-in counter protection things, that is a legitimate strategy. But then you need to add in more cards to make sure that you're protecting Kozilek, he can uh, get unblockable if he needs to, ways to give him double strike, stuff like that. That is a game plan, and that is a viable thing, but obviously, that's a package tune. Or, if you're like, I want to, as quickly as possible, amass an army of Aldrazi. the specifics need to be worked out, but I think you need to sort of pick a direction here.
3: Sort of, to that point, like, I don't want to say, like, stop buying more expensive cards, because that just doesn't seem to be doing the trick. I I think uh, something, without even changing the deck at all, you could increase your win rate a lot just with that change in game
1: plan or mentality i tried to harp on that earlier when i said like if you just tried to kill the strongest player at the table like from deck selection i think that you would receive a lot less hate early on if you know you drop a five five eldrazi and the next turn it's swinging and you're like listen you guys can clap me back or we can kill that guy because we know his deck is fucking good uh and i'm gonna be honest if you were swinging at Julian or Oakley and you made that argument to me, I'd be like, all right, you know what, Chev, go off. I'm not going to kill your 5-5 five five because it's putting in work that I'm going to have to do later either way. You don't hate politics the most at this table, but you, don't, you aren't also like the biggest politics player at the table. So I think leaning on politics more, leaning on early aggression, like you have fast mana, you're using it to make threatening creatures. Like you said, Eldrazi don't need pump spells. They're big as hell. Punch people in the face. But, I have to make a a combo plug. I I literally have to. At Aetherflux Reservoir, you have a bunch of infinite mana stuff. If you play Aetherflux Reservoir, you will be very quickly able to wipe the table if you have uh, one of your top combos out or anything like that, where you can just draw through your deck infinitely with infinite mana. You know what? The Eldrazi, uh, they've gotten a hold of the Aetherflux Reservoir, and they're about to do shit with it. If that had happened in the lore, I think people would be afraid. (laughs) I would be afraid if they were like, yeah, the spaghetti monsters from interstellar space have gotten control of the giant laser beam. I'd be like, all right, I'm concerned.
0: I'm I'm imagining that. And like the, Aether, the Aetherflux Reservoir is big, but the Titans are so huge. So I'm just picturing like like Ulamog with like a few little tentacles holding up like this little marble, oh except it's the Aetherflux <laughs> Reservoir. And then he's like, just like you said, a, little, a tiny little laser beam like off into the distance. And then you see a mountain fucking blow up.
1: I wrote this in my notes, so I'm just going to say it. Combo hitting one person in the face with hitting them in the face again. I thought that was I thought that was good advice.
3: Personally, I found it really hard to make or give advice for, like, upgrades I'd like to see. Because this, you know, it, it is a colorless deck. So my, my real suggestion, and I know I've brought this up a couple times in the past. It may have been what influenced uh, you to move the Eldrazi into Krufix in the first place. But was to be just... Out of color. I know your retort to this earlier was there aren't very many commanders that would serve good, well flavor-wise for the Eldrazi, but I think there's a lot of flavor to be gained in other colors with Eldrazi, even if that comes at the price of having, like, Selvala as your commander. Brazella.
1: I want to see a Brazella.
3: That
2: would be I've cool. I've never too.
1: seen a Brazella hit the field. That face told me that you didn't want to play one.
2: I mean, what what do you do? We had one color, it's white. We get Eldrazi Displacer, and that's about it. So for for like the added for the added Eldrazi, a mono-white
1: Eldrazi would be spicy in its own right. I'm not saying play Brazella as your commander. Oh my. <laughs> no, why would you ever do that? I want to see Brazella in the deck so that you can be like, "Oh shit, in addition to my traditional Eldrazi trash, here's a Another piece of Eldrazi garbage. <laughs> it's an annoying angel who does more stacks nonsense, if I recall correct. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric's convinced himself not to do it.
0: <laughs> once again, I believe you aren't allowed to cast certain spells, which, once again, I fervently object. I
2: mean, for that alone, if, if I built this deck out of spite, if it's something that upsets Julian, I'm now instantly trying to figure out what uh, Brazilla does.
1: Can't cast spells with converted mana costs three or less. That includes a lot of removal and a lot Ooh. of counter spells.
0: Oh, those are like my favorite spells. <sighs>
1: So, I,
3: I wasn't thinking white, I was thinking more green, and again, the retort to this is like, oh no, oh yeah, I could just play Eldrazi Displacer, but I found a couple, you know, cool ones I'd like to just list off for furthering my point. Decimator of the Provinces, giant Eldrazi boar that pumps your dudes, now I know that's not hugely important, like you mentioned, but still, Worldbreaker, which is a large boy that can come back from your graveyard, and it exiles a artifact enchantment or land when it enters, uh, from Beyond, which creates little Eldrazi spawns every turn, is an enchantment, but more importantly, you can sack it to tutor up an Eldrazi, and of course, Emrakul's Influence, uh, a really cool en- enchantment in my opinion, whenever you play a colorless spell with converted Mana cost 7 or greater, you get to draw 2 cards, so... Like this is this is some of the flavor you're missing out on is 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 the way I see it and you know if that means having some you know Kinan as your commander, <laughs> uh, I, personally, uh, from my angle, it seems like
1: it, it would be worth at least uh, a shot. I, I'm with Oak. I think that making this a one, two, three, adding color to this deck actually allows you to run more Eldrazi. It lets you put more better Eldrazi into this deck. It can become a cooler Eldrazi tribal deck and a stronger deck if you put color in.
0: So I guess the thing, Chev, is you're kind of at a crossroads where you need to decide what's most important to you. Is it playing Eldrazi? Is it playing colorless? Or both in which, if that's the case, we need to have a a hard talk.
1: If it's both, I think we just we slap Spawn Sire Ulamog in there, let the boy have a sideboard, and I honestly think this is about as good as you can get.
0: I agree. Well, I think there's a couple other ways that he could go. Like we were saying, he could really go hard into singling out and probably killing someone with commander damage. I think you could also make a pretty filthy, depending on how mean you want to get with this deck, I mean, you're already playing a bunch of Annihilator things, so you could definitely play some sort of stacks-slash- my opponents don't get to have permanence deck. Not as fun, but it's more committed. It does what it does, so if we decided we wanted to play a very high-powered game, that would be this. There's infinite routes that we could go, assuming you want to start adding color, which would probably be the quote-unquote Eldrazi tribal route, and then there's other things we could do if you were like, I just want a strictly colorless deck because I like that. That's like the most pure form of restriction. We're suggesting things, but Personally, I I don't I don't know if you're feeling this as well. It still seems like it's trying to pull a few different ways at once, and I don't know if we're gonna get to a nice final solution. But maybe that's just me misreading the situation. This this is your opportunity to chime in if you wanted to, Jeff.
2: Yeah, so it's it's kind of like I like the Eldrazi and colorless because it it feels like the the pure form of them, and it wouldn't be hard to make a meaner colorless deck. I mean, for all the the hate that Void Winner gets, it's probably the nicest option of cards i have at my disposal if i wanted to actually play evil colorless like what what comes to mind is oakley and i played against either memnark or karn colorless deck the, oh yeah the, one of the two karn. times we karn yeah played in um a college group and that, that she was heinous like and it, it, it only has probably gotten more deplorable with the whole Lattice, Nukarn combo and things like that that you can put together. I, I could make it a whole lot worse, but the but I have other decks for that. Going somewhat off of Julian's earlier point of, you know, there are ways to play Magic and I've never truly identified with just you can't as a, a viable option to kind of include, It's it's hard for me to want to push it in that specific direction. As for adding colors, I do like the idea of a lot of these colorless cards, but again, I think for me, it's going to be finding the flavor win of who can control it within a reasonable way. Like, I, the, the three that stand out, of course, are going to be Krufix, Animar, and Selvala as all options that kind of give you the most mana possible key component of the deck. The biggest struggle is figuring out where that happy line is. And maybe it is just make the two decks, one that's colorful and one that's colorless, but a lot meaner. But I, it's just not the way that I've, I've wanted to play. When I'm more focused on just playing the big titans, like the other guys are cool, but I'm in it for the Ulamog and the Eldrazi and kind of the
1: name value of like, oh shit, here comes the big boss. I think Decimator of Province is carries that name value, like that's that's a to an extent, name. but he's not named, so that's it's fair. kind of like yeah, the, the not difference named between like, like... Brazella's name. <laughs> All right, I'll stop the Brazella plugs. Julian had. I hand wish up I wish there
2: were better Eldrazi
1: options with white. The
2: two that I could come up with were maybe Amareth Illustrious from Commander Legends, which is whenever another permanent enters the battlefield under your control, look at the top card of your library. If it shares a card type, reveal put it into your hand, kind of focusing on still a lot of creatures, but being able to get a little bit more draw off that action. Or Rafik of the many, with the idea of with Exalted, and whenever a creature attacks alone, give it double strike, you're swinging with the 12-12 that's now a 24-24 kozalek or a 22-22 Ulamog, or those kind of things. But there isn't, unfortunately, a lot of support that would allow for Brazella in the current kind of like what's available without being too much of a reach. Kodama
3: of the East Tree partnered with anything with White in it. Mm, there's, that could there's be my funny. suggestion.
2: Yeah, I didn't really look at
3: partners or think about partners. I got a flavorful one for you, of Your favorite Planeswalker, Obnixilis, has three iterations that he can be played as your commander and he is very much so involved with the Eldrazi. Now, for a a build like this, you could pretty much keep everything the same, right? Like, keep all your titans, you keep your fast mana, but you could supplement some of the parts that Colorless lacks on, in like, removal, for example. Uh, or specifically. Yeah. And, like, card draw. You you don't even have to really include the Eldrazi of, like, different colors to, to make the or to, like, upgrade the deck with a color. Just, like, throw a Commander on there, maybe a flavorful one, maybe optics. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, and just and just add in uh, stuff that colorless sort of falls short in uh, with that color. Uh, I think black would actually be really good for that purpose.
0: you got to stretch your mind, Cannon, for the flavor, but I've just been looking through EDH rec, sort of. And uh, one that I think is pretty sick is uh, Dromar the Banisher. So it's uh, three white, blue, black, so yeah, I'm partial to Esper, but... It's a it's a flying dragon, six six, and it says whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you can pay two and a blue. If you do choose a color, return all creatures of that color to their owner's hands. Your creatures don't have any colors, so they don't get returned. <laughs> it's like sort of a synergy.
1: <laughs> oh, that works great with Devoid. All the Devoid creatures are just like, no, nah, thanks, I'm good. I'm colorful Also me.
0: true. Yeah, and you get I mean, you get a bunch of good things like well, I mean you get displacer, but you get Elder Deep Fiend. Yeah, I could also I could also see kinda of going down the Kodama, the East Tree route. You have Livio,
2: Oathsworn, Sentinel, two mana. Uh, choose another target creature. Its controller may exile it with an Aegis counter and then three mana and tap it to return all exiled cards with Aegis counters on them to the battlefield under their owner's control. So it could be used slightly politically against board wipes, but more often than not, you're probably protecting your own Titans. Um, or what Oakley used to, I would say somewhat middling effect, um, Rebek, Architect of Ascension, which gives <laughs> artifacts you control protection from each converted mana cost among artifacts you control. Uh, it makes it pretty hard to equip artifact creatures with artifact uh, equipment um, <laughs> w- w- when they're all protected. But yep. yeah, something like that, that, you know, if if we're kind of reaching, uh, there are definitely good commanders you could put that would hopefully benefit in one way or another.
1: I, I also think that partners is a good way to go for it because, you know, let, let's say you start out with Kodama and then uh, one of the white commanders. Uh, and then you're like, you know what? It's not worth it. I'm going to cut the white package. You can immediately go and add on a black package or a, a black-white package or any, anything else. it's It becomes very modal, and uh, mm-hmm. I know that you, you sort of like to do good science with your decks, and I, I think that partners at the helm of a colorless deck, if you only have 10 colored cards in there, it's not bad science to be like, I'm going to cut all those, replace them with 10 different colored cards and swap out the commander. And we're going to see how this version yeah. works.
2: It's also been a while since I've tried to kind of do these guys with with colors. But the biggest thing I always struggle with is stopping. Like, I, I want these guys to be as pure to the Eldrazi spirit as possible. And when I go with the Animar build or the Fix build, it's always been like, well, okay, rampant growth, cultivate, everything else that fits. And then it's like, it's a slippery slope in terms of, why wouldn't I include this? The colorless version is more expensive. And it's, it's very hard for me to remember, like, all these effects are good, but how do I keep that identity?
1: Let me tell you, Mana Vault is in fact better than Rampant Growth, so <laughs> simply don't put Rampant Growth in there. I think it really is just about self-control, and mm-hmm. we're not going to have a whole therapy session on how to build a magic deck and how to maintain self-composure while doing so, uh, so just do it.
0: <laughs> All right, Chev. This is actually probably the one that I'm most excited about so far, so let me give you the pitch, and I even I even have the lore slash flavor onto boot. All right. Alina, Kessig Trapper, and her best friend, Helena Kessig Ranger.
1: You can just say partner and make it less, like, weirdly sexual. <laughs> partner? <laughs> yeah, Yeah. I guess they do have partner. I could just say that. I, this is all getting cut anyway. Nah, dude, put partner as funny as fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, all right, we'll see. What I'll, this is just going to be, like, all just the little bits and pieces spliced together. It's going to be, so like, and super Partner, partner <laughs> such and such. And <laughs> and her, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> cut it in use Eric's voice. Use the sound,
3: yeah, use the sound clip. Partner. Partner. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, anyway though, so these two, right, they're out doing their thing, they're trying to hunt the biggest game they can find. Well, little did they know, they came across a game that was potentially too big and too spooky in the Forest of Innistrad, uh, which is, of course, all these noodly boys. Alina is 4 in a red for a 4-3 uh, first strike, and she has tap, add an amount of red, equal to the greatest power among creatures you control that entered the battlefield this turn. Turns out, you've got a lot of dudes that have 9 plus power. That's a lot of mana. And then, Halana, Kessig, Ranger, who is three in a green for a three-four, uh, who put in hell of work during a Commander Legends draft, if you remember that. Uh, she's got reach because she's an archer, because yes. And then also, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you can pay two generic. When you do, that creature deals damage equal to its power to target creature. Once again, you got a lot of dudes that are real big. You're going to be killing everything. I like that pitch. That's a good pitch. Plus, it's Gruul. And you don't always have to love Gruul, but
2: it's really hard to hate some Gruul. My mind also went to the uh, Oakley's commanders, the six CMC guys, just bounce everything and draw cards. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think either of
3: them would be Delarna and uh, the Moon Kraken. Emrakul's yep. got
2: a secret lover cool. up there in
0: Innistrad's moon. Ooh, yes. hey, uh, that's good. A a partner, some might say. Ooh, you know what you could do is if you did some sort of like Golgari or Abzan list, you got Ikrashadiki the Usurper and uh, she says whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you gain life, you do that creature's toughness. Once again, you're you're gaining a lot of life, and then I'm sure there's some way that you could weaponize that, so you could like do like a combination of beat-down drain.
3: Jev, I think my bottom line pitch to you is going to be Obnixless uh the Planeswalker that can be your commander, leading the Eldrazi. Uh, I-, I know lore-wise Obnix really hates Zendikar, and I believe he was the one that reawoke Kozilek. Uh, during... I think he had some hand in it. I was pretty sure, like, the Gatewatch
2: was responsible for, like, 90% of all of the new Titan issues. Hey,
3: whoa, don't talk bad about the shitty Justice League. Anyways, it's... His abilities are, like, kind of fine. Like, they, they don't necessarily complement specifically, except maybe his his uh, emblem. Uh, you know, having big Eldrazi, but they're good. You know, they're good in their own right, and I know you love Obnix. And I think adding just black to the Eldrazi... Uh, Still sort of fits that, like, evil-ish theme, and maybe doesn't give you as many, like, confusing or, like, tempting options as a color like green might do. You can
1: earn that uh Urborg in that deck. <laughs> <laughs> My final advocation is going to be for Kodama, either paired with Livio, Galanra, or Brineland. If if you really wanted to keep colors to a minimum, Galanra and Kodama... Make it just green. You add color, but you also add modality with partners at the head. Uh, Livio, because, again, I really just want to see someone resolve a Brazella. And also, I think it's good. And uh, Brineland, because, I mean, it's a deck about big boys. He's a big boy. He lives in the moon. He's even surrounded by hedrons. You'd get to play in prison in
0: the moon, too, which is a <laughs> one. It's already I a play in with Emerald. Not for the <laughs> old problem. You in prison
1: Yeah, of One of their if- dark days. <laughs> what if Emrakul just had an Uno reverse card and was just like, get back, idiot? <laughs> uh, that
3: would be cool.
0: So, I think we established that, Chev, generally, we would like to see you add some colors to this list. We've given you multiple options. We know that's hard for you, but it expands the amount of cards you can play, which allows you to, one, be more consistent, which this deck needs, and gives you just a lot more options in terms of cool things that you can try to do while still putting the Eldrazi on center stage. You don't have to do that. We know you love the colorless, uh, but like was said, we also wouldn't be opposed to you making maybe a couple even iterations of this deck because we're, I mean, we're playing mostly VDH anyway, so it doesn't doesn't cost you anything to uh, just test out and just be like, well, this, this time I'm going to play Mardu Eldrazi because why not? One last thing I do want to say, though, that came to my head, but I just, I didn't really have a good segue during the whole kind of last 20 minutes that we were doing was, if you wanted to stick to Strictly Colorless and Still Eldrazi, we've discussed this before, but I think that you could do a lot of interesting things in terms of building a story into this and also setting, like, achievements or sub-goals. Do you remember that we've had this conversation, I think, on a couple of the pods, and we also even discussed it when we were doing our um, pre-cons for the Mm -hmm. D&D quote-unquote campaigns, I think that something that would breathe a lot more life into this deck was if you sort of almost did like that role playing thing or you were like my goal of this game is whatever sponsor sire for you know 50 dudes or whatever i'm just that's that's a layup if you really 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 wanted to hold on to that that colorless eldrazi that that's your thing like you said your roots that is a a new take that you could put on it that wouldn't involve changing too many cards
1: can i just initiate a vote real quick here on the pod uh, rule zero: uh, We can have sideboards. Yeah, I've been for this for the longest time. Okay, that's two 4 any anyone against. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm not huge on it, but if everyone wants to do it, that's fine. The thing, the thing for me was because Chev has brought this up a few times for Spawn Sire. I'm like, eh. Well, one thing is, Chev and I opened a lot of Battle for Zendikar, so he's just got a lot of random Eldrazi. I want to see him. And um, <laughs> once again, twenty mana is so easy to make. I don't. I don't know how I feel about him just being like here's all my my you know my draft junk. But the other thing is once we allow that, now we have to allow sideboards for everything and that opens up a whole new can of worms that I just don't know if I want to deal with considering we've been playing without sideboards totally fine this whole time. If everyone wants to do it, if I'm the only one who's like skeptical We can do it, and then once something breaks, we can address it.
1: Yeah, if people start running a bunch of wishboards and start putting a ton of thought into their wishboards in this playgroup, we can talk about it. As of right now, the only wishboard-style thing I would be considering adding is lessons with exactly field trip. (laughs) That's it.
0: (laughs) Lessons are nice, because there's no busted lessons, and there's no busted learn cards either. Okay. So that, that is a, I think that is a good utilization of the sideboard.
1: Gavel swung, sideboards initiated in the playgroup. You heard it here first. Julian shows up next week with a 20-card wishboard and every wish card possible in his fucking deck.
0: Now that the option is there, I'm interested to try it. The thing is, I think I'm just too lazy. I think I'm just too lazy to go and tweak a deck enough to have, one, cards that get things outside the game and then to think about and put together... Yeah, that,
1: that is why it's not a threat, is that we're a bunch of lazy pieces of garbage.
0: I can't disagree on that.
1: All right. Well, back to why Chev is a lazy piece of garbage. Chev, fix your deck. This has been the Um, Hexmarkers Podcast. Thank you for watching. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. Do better for yourself and for us. I guess. I don't know. Mostly for us. Well, another roast. Successful. Things got roasty. Things got toasty. And then we all hugged or whatever you do when you have noodles for arms at the end. (laughs) If you want to listen to our previous roasts or you want to prepare for our next roast, which surprise uh, in case you haven't been able to do process elimination, elimination, uh, everyone's favorite Oakley is getting oh, roasted next. That on put, the put them on, putting that log on the fire. Putting that oak <laughs> log on the fire. If you want to prep up for those, be ready for all that, do whatever, you can listen to this podcast, which you're already doing. Um, but if you have instantaneous memory loss and you forgot where to find it, you can go to anchor.fm. Love those boys. You probably heard an ad from them about 40 minutes ago. Uh, also Spotify, also Apple Podcasts, also other places. You can just find us. You can just search Drinkers Podcast or The Hex drinkers Podcast. We're there. If we're not on your favorite podcasting app, you can email us, hexdrinkers at gmail.com. Let us know. We'll, uh, we'll get ourselves where you want to be. You can also hit us up on the social medias. Uh, that'd be Twitter and Instagram at... Hex drinkers, or is it the Hex drinkers? Eric, does anyone want to correct me this time? Now,
1: Twitch is the Hex drinkers. Everything else is Hex drinkers. This is 100 my fault, and I was really just too embarrassed to say it.
0: That's fine. I I just <laughs> I learned I learned so many things uh, editing the podcast from last week. <laughs> there was there was a it, it was it was truly enjoyable. Um, yeah, Twitch, YouTube. If you want to see video content, obviously you're hearing our voice now, but uh, seeing our face, uh, seeing us in action. Go to those places. We have videos. We have streams. It's standard. You guys, you know, this is the year 2021. You guys know the the content creation drill by now. So just go check us out uh, on those avenues. And if you want to see basically everything in one nice, concise package, as well as read our written content, our articles, you can go to Hexdrinkers.com. If you love the Hexdrinkers, just can't, can't get enough... Uh, consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, we do all sorts of things like this podcast is currently about an hour and 15 minutes long. I don't know how how long the uh, the finished product is going to be, but if you want the whole thing, all the everything, all, all the roasts, all the toast, the the, the all deck the suggestions, all the all the toasts. All this, yeah, literally me just fumbling over my words for the last 30 seconds. If you want all of that, uh, you can go to Patreon. You can get all that sort of stuff there. You can get all of our show notes so you can see our words and all of our suggestions in a concise, actually uh, readable format um, and things that actually make sense. You can potentially get your deck featured on the show. Uh, if you listen to our episode 20, we did a, a listener-submitted deck. And, um, Eric, what was the – you you? there was something that you said last time. that
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, flavor text. Uh, if you want to submit flavor text for our website, uh, it, I believe it's on the $2 a podcast here, maybe the $5 a podcast here. Don't remember. Um, however, if you submit it and pay for one podcast, maybe two, we'll we'll see how quick Chev is on the, on the trigger to get that flavor text from you. Um, you will then have that flavor text on our website forever. Chef's not going to go back in and remove it. Nope. Why would we take away free content? You paid us $2. We now have content. It's a win-win. You get to permanently put your mark on the internet. $2 flavor text on our website. It'll be there forever, even if you just sign up once. And it would mean a lot to us, especially if you do drop that $2.
0: You heard it from him first. Immortalize yourself. Come through. Support us on Patreon. Get access to all the goods, all the extra stuff. Boy, these things just tire me out, boys. I am I am whooped. It has been it a certainly day. Is. So uh on that note, this has been Jules for Eric, Oak and Chev. We are the Hex Frickers and we are signing out.